Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 149 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was cashing in. The song was called Everlasting, in parentheses, 10 seconds. I don't know how you say that correctly. Do you just say Everlasting, 
10 seconds and people were like hey man that's not really how the english language works and i'm like all right but you need to see it because there's parentheses and uh it's a song title so you need to understand that before you start judging the way that i say things and i'm just trying to reference the goddamn band song again because they're called cashing in and they're from dallas texas which is unfortunate because that brings up the probability that there are likely uh, quite a few Dallas Cowboys fans in this in this band, and if there are not, I can, I I, I want to shake their hands. If there are, then fuck them. I wish I never played their song. I'm sorry, that might have been too extreme. I immediately rescind my apology. I mean it. Fuck the Cowboys. Go Eagles. I do apologize for the bro rage, but uh, you know that's what happens. I like sports. Sometimes I get a little broy, and uh, it shows, especially when the Cowboys come up. I didn't bring them up. You did. Or did, did I? I don't know. We can't, we can't keep track of these things. Let's not point the finger at anybody. Welcome to episode 149 of Getting It Out Podcast. As I said, that was cashing in. They are from Dallas, Texas, which is a crime, but we'll let it go. Um, they're on Open Window Records. They, uh, they're they a relatively new band. They just got together about a year and a half ago, but they're, they're, they're doing their work. They're doing what they can in this uh, COVID-19 world. And, uh, you know, I, I, they sent me their two-song uh, two song demo, I guess it's going to be called. And uh, it's very cool. And I thought I'd share it here with you because I appreciate when bands send me their music to play on the show. See how it works? They sent it to me last week. I put it on this week. I work so quickly. And you know what? You're going to hear something similar at the end of the episode with Dirt Royal, another band that sent me their music over the week. And I'm going to fit in here on episode 149 of Getting It Out Podcast. Ah, ha, ha. That's a terrible laugh, and I wish it was my real laugh. I would do it all the time. I don't even know if I was able to replicate it one time to another, but I'm going to try my best to do it another time in this episode that you will be caught by surprise and be like, he did it again. That's quite amazing. But really, the big show here on this episode is an interview with Jordan from Karma. Karma is a Chicago hardcore band that just dropped a 7-inch called Most Dangerous Game on Flatspot Records, and we're going to talk all about that and more. So, let's get into it. What's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog. Back at it again with another podcast intro. They said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out podcast? I said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap first, don't I? They said, no, you don't got to write a rap first. It's a hardcore podcast. I said, all right, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Kick it. Make family out of friends. Make friends out of enemies. Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me. All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out. We be getting it in, where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out. We be getting it in, where you getting it out? Get it out! Alright motherfuckers, you're in the right place at the right time. Rest in peace, Jay Money, NLFTW forever! Man, I really should start every episode by saying thank you to Hot Zone for the greatest podcast intro music that's ever been heard. And uh, so I just want to take a minute to say thank you, Hot Zone. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Okay, moving on. If things sound a little different this week, it's because I'm doing it from my garage. I'm sitting at my workbench doing this in my garage. You know why? Because I finally cleaned my garage. And uh, with, the, with the recent 
renovation we had done to our house. I no longer have doors uh, to where I used to record the podcast. And I felt a little self-conscious, like the whole damn house was listening to me, even though they weren't. They couldn't care less. They, they you know, they mind their own business. But I'm, I'm just being insecure as always, thinking people can hear me. But now I'm down here with the door shut again so I can get a little more, more wild and uh, swear a little louder like a bad boy. And that's what I'm doing, if you can't tell. A little more wild up, wound up on this episode is what I'm trying to say. See that? I can't even get my, my words right. It's weird. I'm in a garage. I'm in a garage. It's a little bit cold. I'm going to say it's in the 40s, but I got a jacket on. I got a hat on. Uh, there's new insulation in these walls. It's kind of nice in here. It's all right. I've been listening to CDs as I've been doing this. Uh, as you might remember, I've been trying to get through the CD collection right now. I see up here is uh, Desperate Measures, Never Enough Time. Uh, one of my favorite bands, hardcore bands. Desperate Measures, very instrumental into my introduction of hardcore. Maybe not introduction, but you know, uh, one, one of the bands that I really love. I bought their two-song promo tape. Uh, when I saw him with Striking Distance and Warren Thin and My Luck at the Emmingsville Park, Park Building. Um, but I want to I say about 2000, maybe, 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 maybe 2000, the year uh, after Prince was born. I think that's how it went. Um, and uh, yeah, I've always liked this band. This is the, the inferior record they did. The, the superior record is It's All in Your Hands, but I listened to that the other day, of course, because that always has to come first. But Never Enough Time is pretty damn good, too. I uh, remember this band broke up because the guy stole money from the other guy uh, or from the band or something. They don't, they don't like to talk about that. That's like something where everybody's like, you, you, it's hush-hush. Yo, fucking 20 years ago. Who gives a shit, right? Whatever. People did dumb shit when they were kids. 20 years ago, you're going to hold my feet to the fire for anything I did 20 years ago? I don't know what it would be. It would probably be something silly, but whatever. Uh, yeah, let's let it go. 20 years ago. Give us that fucking Desperate Measures reunion that we all want. That might actually get me excited again. And I know that's a little shitty to say, but that that's that's one that's like if you could if you could name like one reunion that would get me stoked, that might be it. And that seems a little weird. It seems like a little bit of an oddball pick, but I don't know, man. I, I only got to see him a couple times, and uh, when I by the time I really got into him, it was over. Uh, so so I'd, I'd like to see another desperate measure. So so somebody somebody uh, pull some strings, make that happen. I don't know who needs to do it, but uh, you know whatever, fucking figure it out. Uh, it's not it's not work for me. I know that. You know what is work for me is that tomorrow is uh, Thanksgiving, so um, I'm gonna have to eat and drink uh, excessively tomorrow. And you know I can do it. I've been I've been working on it all year. I've been training, and I think uh, I think I'm up to par at this point. I've been I've been a little spoiled lately. Uh, I've been drinking really nice beer, um, a little out of my league beer. I usually, like I usually drink. Uh, better than average beer, I would say. But at this point, with the with the way craft beer has elevated over the over the last few years, I'm probably at average level. Like you can't call Miller Lite and Bud Light and that shit average anymore. That's that's us. Uh, that's that's inferior, right? That's below par. Um, but the stuff I drink, it's it's usually above that. It's all well, all right. It's always above that. But now that I've had like the upper echelon. Or what's trending towards the upper echelon? This is I'm talking like stuff from a Treehouse and a Trillium and Fox Farms and Vitamin C, or this is just a variety pack that uh, a friend of mine brought down for me. Um, I kind of see what the difference is, okay? And I can't afford to keep drinking at this level. It's insanely expensive, so I won't, and I don't live anywhere near it. It's a it's a bitch. I know motherfuckers that drive to Indiana every other week just to pick up uh, fruit fruity fruited sour beers. And look, hold on a second. Let me before I get way too far ahead of myself. This stuff doesn't necessarily even taste like beer, and I almost have a problem with it. Um, it's almost not beer at all. 
So I don't know why it's even classified as beer. Anyway, this, for people who don't give a shit about beer, this is really obnoxious, but you're going to have to listen to me for a minute. Um, anyway, I've been, I've been drinking this, uh, this this really nice beer, and uh, I'm just feeling spoiled. I'm just I, That's all I want to do. I just want to put myself out there as a spoiled craft beer drinker, a total white dude sitting in his <laughs> sitting in his new garage drinking expensive beer uh usually you don't talk into a microphone to no one but that's what i'm doing so anyway that's what's happening with me right now i've been training for thanksgiving um the big the big main event for me thanksgiving is usually some kind of uh <laughs> some kind of like vegetable which, which sounds weird like when i was a kid i used to just love eating the corn and uh, that might still be the case now. I don't know if there's going to be corn there tomorrow, though. So I don't want to get my hopes up. Imagine being as simple as a person as me, where you don't want to get your hopes up that there might be corn. Yeah, that's the way I live. So, uh, you know, set the bar low, right? That's the way it should be. You set the bar low, and anything above it is 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 just a bonus. So that's what I'm going for. But it's all right. It's Thanksgiving. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really uh, have any precious memories about Thanksgivings growing up. I remember I used to go to uh, to my aunt Anne's, is what we called her, but she wasn't my aunt. She was like my great aunt. Uh, she was my grandmother's sister. We used to go to her house in Bel Air, Maryland. And as far as I know, that is not the Bel Air from Fresh Prince in Bel Air, but we thought it was. So we would go to Bel Air, Maryland, uh, at her house, and it was it was a bigger house than we than we lived in. So we thought maybe this is a mansion from the same neighborhood as uh, Fresh Prince, you know, because he just came from Philadelphia. So his drive to Bel Air it, w- it would be a reasonable taxi ride. If he really went across country, that taxi ride would have been insane. There's no way his poor West Philadelphia mother could afford it. So I'm gonna have to keep assuming that he went to Bel Air, Maryland. Uh, anyway, so so we used to go to my aunt Anne's, and uh, I don't remember a whole lot about it. Um, they all kind of blend together over the years. Uh, no no real crucial memories other than we used to all hang out in the same room and all the kids, the cousins, and play uh, Nintendo. And uh, Nintendo, even when it wasn't like cool to play Nintendo anymore, it was like outdated. Fuck it, we're playing Nintendo anyway. A little Mario Brothers, a little Wario maybe. Uh, there was a Sesame Street game. I remember that. I remember one time we were watching Encino Man on VHS. And one of my aunts came in and made the joke that this movie is a real turkey. And uh, there's a bad joke, but I remember it because that's that's the best kind of jokes. Uh, okay, so that's my, uh, that's my Thanksgiving anecdotes for this one. Anyway, let's get to what this episode is actually about. I got Jordan from Karma. Karma is a Chicago hardcore band, as I mentioned in the intro, but they're a specific kind of Chicago hardcore band, and that's the good kind, all right, which seems to be uh, happening a lot lately. Chicago is kind of putting themselves back on the fucking map and uh, doing it a little ruthlessly, and I like that. Uh, Chicago, Chicago reminds me of Baltimore, and I don't mean that in, and like, I've never even fucking been to Chicago, so I don't mean that in, like, uh, I've been there, I've seen it, it looks like it, it feels like it. I just mean, like, the attitude of it. Uh, it's a little cold-hearted, um, but, you know, maybe this is just something I just made up in my head. With, with the Chicago Hardcore, the first band I always think of is The Killer. We talk a little bit about that, but anyway, The, the Killer is the one that comes up. And what is a, who had a cooler name than The Killer? Not The Killers, The Killer. The singular killer. We are The Killer. What does that mean? I'm not really sure, but I like it. Anyway, I've talked enough. Let's listen to Most Dangerous Game off of Most Dangerous Game by Karma. And then let's get to my conversation with Jordan. Got you in my sights. I've been waiting for this day. The paper is coming. Stop the fire. 
Yo, what's up, dude? What's up, Jordan? How you doing? Just hanging out, man. How you doing? I'm all right. Now that you let me finish Dirty Dancing, uh, <laughs> I see, you see I threw my wife and stepdaughter under the bus, but, you know, I was there too, so, yeah, I got, I got, I got to admit it. Yeah, it's all good. No worries. You know, no for me. I'm just, I'm just... I never watched that movie before. Have you? I never sat down and watched it. I've probably seen like snippets if it was on TV flipping through or something, but Yeah. <laughs> that's how I that's how I feel too. Um and and that's the way it should be. Keep it that way. Don't bother. Right? That's, <laughs> that's uh that's my official uh review of Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I'm gonna take your word for it for sure then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good man. How 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 you doing tonight? You you you're in Chicago right now? Yeah, I live like 20 miles outside of Chicago, but yeah, just hanging out, man. How about you? Besides Derek dancing, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm in uh, wonderful Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I don't know about you guys, but we've had uh, unseasonably warm global warming temperatures lately, and they've been, they've yep. been kind of fantastic. <laughs> and I, like, I know it's a fucking bad thing, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, but it's pretty cool, too. Yeah, it's like 75 here today, which is crazy. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Dude, my birthday's like next week, and I always... And I was telling my telling my kids this. It's like I always wanted warm birthdays. Like mid mid November birthday was like you was it was basically winter, right? And I'm I'm gonna yeah. be 36, so so you know going back 30 years, it was it's basically been winter every time for my birthday. And now it's like fall, and it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, for real. <laughs> You're getting lucky this year. Oh yeah, 35 years before, but <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all working out. But uh, anyway, so oh, yeah. um, so. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, how you doing? But I think I already said that twice. So let's fucking move on. <laughs> so, all right. So uh, I got to break the ice here a little bit. Uh, always have to check when I'm talking to people in different cities, especially ones that have a sports presence. Are you a sports fan in any capacity at all? Yeah, absolutely. I'm unfortunately a Bears fan after this like uh, after this game, week's game. Uh, it's hard hurts to say that. But, yeah, I'm a big Bears fan. And I keep up with the Bulls a little bit, too. And, when the the Hawks are doing good, like the Blackhawks, I'll pay attention, but I'm not too big of a hockey fan. But besides that, that's like my main three Chicago teams. All right, well, you hit two of my sports there, which is uh, football and basketball. And uh, you got my guy, Nick Foles, right now. And I know you got to stick with him, though. He needs to <laughs> – trust me, it works out in the end. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an Eagles fan and a Sixers fan. Um, but more than all that – I'm a Charles Barkley fan, so I fucking hate the Bulls okay. for my whole life, and uh, and what they did to to me in the 1993 NBA Finals, and I'm real I'm real salty about that. So I thought that might be the case, but I guess is it is it like a predetermined thing? You're from Chicago, you gotta yeah. like the Bulls for sure. It, it, that's what it, it's always been the Bulls for me. Like <laughs> just immediately, I grew, like there's a picture of Michael Jordan, like a painting of Michael Jordan as like a kid. It's like him Pippen and. I think it's just him and Pippen painting his babies in their jerseys. And I have that. My dad has that picture in our house. <laughs> I know that one. I think everybody knows that one. Man, yeah. I, hated that. I hated that guy. I respect him now, you know, as an adult, but I hated that guy when I was a kid. Hated that <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, anyway, so, all right. So, um, <laughs> so all right, we, we got, the, we got the, the sports stuff down. But, the, but sh- all right, so Chicago hardcore, though, is a whole different animal and that's what we're talking about because that's what you're doing and i gotta admit i slept on karma i didn't know what you guys were doing i thought it was something else i finally started checking it out and i, I gotta tell you the, the reason is it's that 
and we'll get to this, I'm sure, but it's that flat spot affiliation. Anytime I see that stamp on yeah, something, definitely. it's okay. This is something I need to pay attention to. And now that I have, I went back and listened to the other shit. Like, well, I should have been paying attention for a while here because you guys got started when? So we started when we were all in high school. I'm, I'm 23. I just turned 23 in August, and all the other dudes in my band are like either same age as me or younger. Right, right. Uh, Xander, our guitarist, is only 21, but we started when we were all in high school. So we started like 2015, I want to say, and in 2015 maybe, and in 24. I don't know. Time's a flat circle. It all buzzed together. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we started, like, 2015, but we didn't really take it seriously until, like, I'd say end of 2016. Like, we got out of high school, obviously, and started just grinding. But, yeah, we've been around for a little bit. Has this been, like, like for you personally, has this been, like, your main thing? Or what are you doing since, since then? Have you been going to school? Or are you what, – what what other than karma do you do? No, nah, I, just, I just work and karma. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so how did you, how did you yourself get – since you've been doing this from high school, how did you get involved in hardcore from the beginning? How did you find it? So, so back in like sixth grade or seventh grade, my cousin's boyfriend at the time was in a, like a metalcore band, and they played like some battle of the bands. And me and my dad went, and I, well, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this kind of cool." And then I saw like Slipknot on MTV or something, and that's it got me to buy a bass, and I started playing bass and like some homies from like it's seventh grade so it's not a real band but we <laughs> we started yeah. a little band and then actually andrew who's, who plays guitar in karma he was in that band he sang for that band so we've been playing since we were literally like 13 years old together but yeah i started from there it was like more like the new metal metal core style because that's just what's readily available available to you like yeah if yeah. you're not coming into it from a different angle but I started from there, and then, like, the first hardcore band I saw was Terror. They did, like, you know how they used to do all those uh, those mixed bill tours back in, like, 2013, 14, I guess it was, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used, to, they used to yeah, really branch themselves out, um, which which I think was a, was always a good move. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw that and I was like, oh, that's it. Like, <laughs> as soon as I saw that, it was immediately like, oh, look Terror up on YouTube look up bands that sound like terror on youtube and i just fell down the rabbit hole there well, that's very cool and you know what i appreciate the the uh people especially people of your age um because you we all had to come into it somewhere right and everybody wants to act like they came out of the womb with a fucking minor threat seven inch or some shit but <laughs> like, we all stepped into it at a different point and depending on how old you are re- that that really has you know like everything to do with it like I, I always I always go with mine. For me, I I had some inclination of uh, what hardcore was, but I had well no, that's not true. I, I of hardcore music, but I didn't know what hardcore was. Right. So so yeah. when I was younger, man, you Madball might be on a thing, you know, in the early nineties or mid nineties or you know whatever. Bio, Biohazard for sure. I had Biohazard CDs. Yeah, I had no idea it was hardcore. I had, you know, and but I, but I also had you know, corn CDs and Limp Bizkit CDs, and uh, and then for a while I went off in yeah like a total new metal direction, and then you know there, whatever there was a there was Punkorama CDs, but then it all there was the weird thing is that there was hardcore bands in all of or I don't know what got considered hardcore bands in all of those weird subgenres, and then it all came back around to it. I don't know. It's just, it's I don't know how I'm trying to say this, but it's a weird way that. People don't uh, 
people aren't honest about the way they came into this music because you got to sound cool. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I like yeah. I like you hearing hearing you say that like you came in through what was popular basically, and then and then found what you found what you liked in terror. Exactly. I feel like more people need to be honest about that because nobody's like unless you have somebody who like uh, like a family member or just like a friend somebody show you that how you gonna find it like yeah it's, it's not gonna <laughs> pop up out of the- <laughs> it's dumb as shit and especially with it with underground music is supposed to be you know a little bit hard to find exactly mm. sorry i got something in my throat there <clears> throat> any, anyway so um so 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 you didn't have you didn't do like any real serious bands before karma nah just like a middle school band where we had our parents drive us to the shows because we didn't have a car obviously that's but, cool <laughs> shit that's awesome they also, I played bass in that band and I we were probably a band for like two years maybe and I didn't own a single tuner the whole time I was in the band so now <laughs> I wanted to tune my bass <laughs> that's alright nobody knows yeah that's yeah, exactly. that's, that's <laughs> the beauty of it but you know I was talking oh, shit, it, was, it was a few Quite a few episodes back, I was talking to Dave Smalley, you know, who's like a classic hardcore guy, DYS, yeah. Dag Nasty, all you know, all these all these great bands, and uh, we were talking about how how like the part of the appeal about hardcore is that you don't have to be good to play it, but <laughs> eventually some of these motherfuckers got to get good, right? You know, like you can't you can't just play yeah, shitty for yeah. twenty years. Eventually, you're gonna figure something out. Like so, it doesn't. You know, so for some of these like legacy bands that have been around, like that might have started out shitty and might have got popular shitty, but by now they probably got to tone it down. They probably got to dumb it down to still play <laughs> hardcore. But that's all right. But so, so when did you? So you started out playing va- bass, but when did you? Um, or is Karma your first uh, first time where you had a microphone in your hand? So it was the first band where we like actually did anything. Where we, uh, like was well, I, I say singing it, but. I did like bands where we recorded like one song and then it never happened. Yeah. But that was like in like, I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school. So like still like not really understanding what, how to be in a band really. Right. Was, but yeah, Karma was the first like real band that I have been the front man for. That's cool. And, but you've, what I've been impressed by listening back to your records. And again, again, I'm, I'm, I'm catching up with you guys here is that uh, lyrically you've, you seem to have a pretty clear intentions, pretty direct and deliberate uh, delivery as well. And uh, and I don't know. I, th- I find it uh, appealing, and oh, yeah. and I, I, it's I, I like the directness of what you're doing. Is that something when you started? When you when uh, well, first of all, I got to ask: Are you writing lyrics for Karma? Yeah, I write everything for Karma. Actually, even like like everything, all the instrumentals and everything. Oh shit! Well, I, I didn't know all that. Damn. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so I, I definitely write all the lyrics, and I'm like not a perfectionist, but like every single like lyric is rewritten like 1500 times so i'm for sure like i appreciate you saying that because that means a lot because like i I really do want to be like direct and like make sure that i I can appreciate like the things that are open-ended but i like my stuff to be like if you hear what i'm saying you you know what i mean (laughs) yeah it's a weird thing because people are people are one or the other side of the coin on that and i like yeah. I, do, I do a lot of these conversations, and it's always one or the other. You got people who want to be vague, and uh, they want you to come up with their your own interpretation of the song. Like, and and I don't prefer that. I prefer what you're doing, the, the deliberate. But I gotta say, at the same time, if you do it well, like uh, my favorite hardcore band of all time, and I don't care uh, what people say because it's it's honest, is Wisdom and Chains, and I love okay. the way Majo writes his lyrics. 
or I'm sorry, you know, whatever, writes his lyrics, sings his lyrics, but he he likes his shit to be open to interpretation. And that's not, but that's not my preferred thing. My preferred thing is what you're doing. But anyway, it's just, it depends on how, the delivery and all that. But I really love, like, uh, I'm, I'm getting way off track and way far ahead than what I wanted to say. But, um, but like, listening to this new EP you got, like, a song like Jester, like. Oh, that's my favorite <laughs> song on the record. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it that's, my, that's, my, that's my favorite. Only based, and, and all right, solely based on. Uh, your vocal delivery on that, the directness of it. I just that, that's oh, yeah. that's what I like here. Hmm. Yeah, it's like my uh, some of my favorite like lyrics I've written too on there because I I don't know I have like a I'm a real bit like hip hop head so like yeah that song specifically I was like I'm gonna flow on this shit and I, I feel like I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you do you do a good job and um and uh, I don't know the 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 whole the I right, well so. Fuck, hold on. Let me let me slow down because I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm getting all, I'm getting all. And dirty dancing, man. It got me fired up. I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> let me backtrack here a little bit because I'm gonna get, I'm gonna jump too far ahead, and I don't want to do that. Um, so you, you start Karma. You put out two records, and were those were those records released by yourselves, or how did you do those? Yeah, but both of those were released by ourselves. We recorded them all. Like we went to two different studios out in the Chicagoland area. And uh, just did it all ourselves, basically. Yeah, the first one we really didn't know what we were doing still because we were young. But I still, I feel like we actually took one of the songs off that, and it's the last song on uh, most Dan- or yeah, most dangerous game. Yeah. So we kind of remastered it and put it back because I, I like those songs. I just feel like we were so like immature. We didn't really know know what we we're doing. Like, like you said, like some <laughs> the feel of hardcore is not like you don't have to be that good, but. At some point, you gotta get good, and I feel like yeah. that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so you did that, and you guys, I knew your name. I knew your name, and this, I, I, I don't know how to say this correctly, but I knew, I knew who Karma was, but I didn't listen to Karma because, and this is all, this is a bullshit for, on my part, right? Because I've associated the name Karma with, I think, bands that, in my mind, without listening to, unfairly. Uh, put more on like this weird metalcore side, like of hardcore that's really prevalent right now. Really? Yeah, and I don't, I don't know why. D- don't, don't ask for justification because I can't give you none. But <laughs> and, that, and so, so that when I finally listened to you guys, like, oh shit, this is not even. I'm not even close. Um, and this is just me being out of touch, right? This is me being 36, barely going to shows, having a family, and you know, keeping up with hardcore through Spotify. So that's just you know a, yeah. ca- a casualty of that. But like I said, I see you on Flat Spot, and then I go, okay, I know the kind of stuff that Flat Spot does, or at least the the quality, because Flat Spot doesn't just put out the same band. You know, Rule Them All doesn't sound like Typecast. Typecast doesn't sound like End It. End It doesn't sound like yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you, you guys. So. Um, so I know, so I know, I know the the quality there. So how did you come into a point where you're putting out most dangerous game with uh, flat spot? So actually, we were just we had recorded this in January, and then we were just like we wanted to do it to a label, but we didn't know who. And I didn't really know anybody who worked at a label, or ran a label. So Vitalo, he actually helped us out. Vitalo, he sang backtrack. He he, because I met him a few months beforehand before before he recorded. And he told me to just hit him up if we ever, we ever needed anything. So I hit him up. I was like, yo, would you be down to help us get in contact with some labels? And then he put us in contact with Ricky. And then from there, Ricky called me up. We had like an hour-long conversation. We just picked it off. So. 
glad it worked out. That's great, and I, and I love that. You, I love that. That's the way it went, and because I, I get to say this again, because I say this every single time I talk to a, a band on Flatspot. I've never met Ricky once, but I know Che, and I love Che. So <laughs> it's the same. It's the same thing. It, it's the way all these interviews go with Flatspot bands, where they all did everything through Ricky. And I'm like, I don't know that guy, but I know the other guy, and he's really fucking cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, only I actually got to talk to Che like once, but he seems real cool. Definitely want to, ah, he's, to meet him once. He's fucking elusive, man. We, him and I live down in Baltimore. <laughs> we lived in Baltimore at the same time, so I've known Che for a long time. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 been cool to watch to, to watch uh, Flatspot as a label grow because th- when they first came onto my rap- record or my my radar was when they were just putting out a the I think it was the Trapped in the Rice demo, and uh, yeah, and then it was like there was some other like shit on there like a wheel bite discography or um there was a minus record you know whatever he, they, they, he did a couple of things back then but that was so to see him grow into this has been really cool and to be one of the more consistent record labels in hardcore one of the better ones too you know consistency yeah, is one thing but to but, but quality is more important right yeah um so sure. so I, i've listened to this record a tons of time most dangerous game and i, I really like it like i told you but i read that it's influenced by a by a story what's the deal here so the the name of the record is from a short story called The Most Dangerous Game. And uh, like a short, I don't even know the word, synopsis, is that the right word? <laughs> a short like summary, I guess. Of it summary, is. yeah, there you go. The whole story is that this, it's like a group of rich people who are hunting humans for sport. And like that was their game, like, you know, like deer, other type of game, I guess. So that was their game. And there's a song on the record, the title track, where it's about like, finding somebody who's been ducking you and i like i saw that name and i was like dang it'd be kind of cool if i could flip that and make it <laughs> about that and because that's a hard name <laughs> not to go for it the name's just sick and i can make it, it like connected to the lyrics i already had written so that worked out and then like the whole record in general like once i sat there and started thinking about it more like the whole thing is just about like life in general and mm-hmm. like life is the most dangerous game you could think of honestly <laughs> yeah yeah what was, was this was that story a movie i feel like i saw that i know i didn't yeah, read yeah, it but yeah, i feel yeah, like yeah. i saw it. okay all right that, that, that makes more sense so i uh, so um i know like you know being a fucking hard ass and writing tough lyrics is just you know kind of a part of hardcore but like personally what's what's your relationship with violence and confrontation it mostly comes from like <laughs> it came from hardcore mostly like just people being around who you know what, like being around hardcore, there's going to be those people who think they're hot shit and yeah. sometimes you've got to set them in their place and that's what a lot of it came from, for me at least. Yeah, I, I guess more what I'm saying is, I f- I f- oh, if you're talking, I lost you. You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I think I lost you there for a minute. Uh, I, I could hear you the whole time. Oh, okay. All right. So, so okay. So here, what I was what I was saying is, I think a lot of times, um, you know, har- hardcore, hardcore, and hardcore lyricists, it's a lot of a lot of fake tough guy talk. And uh, oh yeah, and, sure. <laughs> and I don't, I don't like that very much. Uh, <laughs> but but it's but it's but it's well accepted. You know what I mean? People perpetuate that and and like yeah. to keep pushing it and. And I, so I don't know. So, so sometimes I like when I hear some tough shit. I like to just ask: Is this like, are you do you, are you yourself 
a violent person? Have you been involved in violent altercations, or are you just writing shit about? Uh, I don't want to say fantasy, but like, but like uh, the idea of of these things instead. Nah, definitely for sure. And like, <laughs> even like in in school coming up, but like that's like high school, so that doesn't really right, right. You get you get the point though. Like, yeah, it's it's kind of always been a, a thing that's been there, and it kind of just got accentuated, or I don't know, a word. Like uh, it just grown through being involved in hard podcast. Yeah, it kind of like accelerates, right? So, so, is there a is, has there been any? Do you feel all right? Because here here's how I think. For for me, when I was younger, I had like a, a an edge to me, right? But it, but it, but I kept it like in check. And then I got involved in hardcore music and going to shows and seeing things that you could do and get away with. And then it kind of, it was kind of like, go ahead and do it, right? It was like a license yeah. to, to, to be violent, and uh, which is not a good thing, right? You know, as a 36-year-old, looking back, not a good thing, right? But, uh, but there was years where that was like, fuck it, who cares? Why wouldn't we, right? And uh, I, don't, I don't know, like now, now do, does, does being in a band and writing lyrics um, and being up on stage and expressing that, does is that an outlet at all? Does that satisfy that feeling in any way? Extent, yeah. It's, like I feel like as I'll say this way, like right now where I'm at, it's definitely like I've calmed down on that and I'm using this to like express that more. Like words. I just lost you. What was the last thing you heard me say? I can hear you again. You said you're you're using that to express it. Let me just start over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah, just start over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just start over. So basically, like, it's always been like there, but I feel like the past, I don't know, like two, three years, I've definitely used like lyrics and everything to express it more than being as crazy as I once was. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that 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 makes sense, and uh, I think any uh, anybody would say that's the healthy way to do it, right? But whatever, you know, sure. that's, that's that's good. But okay, so so you you mentioned you had these songs, uh, you guys had this stuff recorded or at least ready to record back in January. Yeah, we recorded it like the first week of January. I want to say. Okay, and you did this with Which seems like with, so long ago. Yeah, it is, dude. A fucking what a dude! What a stupid fucking year, but whatever yeah. uh, but uh well it seems like it's gonna end all right but well other than the whole virus that's killing us all but the uh yeah. you, you, you recorded this with uh with andy nelson which i feel like and you can correct me if i'm wrong is kind of like a like a prerequisite for or it's a foregone cl- conclusion for any uh chicago area hardcore band is that you got to put a record out with uh, andy nelson is is it really that much of a debate in the area when you got something you want to put down or is it you just go to andy I think like once you get to a certain level, you're like, all right, we we got to go to him because he's like he's that dude. Like I loved working with him. Um, our previous release we went to this dude Nick at the, he's a, a studio. I just lost you again. Yeah. Uh, what is going on? You said you went when to we, a studio. Like, like, yeah, go ahead. I was thinking like step out in the garage or something. Maybe right. get better service. So I <laughs> keep losing you. 
you hear me still? Yeah, yeah. I hear you for the most part. It's just when you you get like middle of a sentence and it drops out. And we'll fix this up. This won't be in there. All right, I got better service now. <laughs> okay, so you so the other ones you recorded with with a guy named Nick. Yeah, Nick Latibo at the Nook. He's like sub. He's in the suburb area. And then once we got started writing this record, I was like, we got to go to Andy for this one because like every like major Chicago band you could think of, it was recorded with Andy. <laughs> Yeah, and that's 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 why I say it. I mean, I uh, fuck who was I? Th- I forget who I was last talking to about recording with Andy. But it, it was probably another Chicago band. Who are the who are the the Chicago hardcore bands? Who right now? Who is Chicago hardcore? I'd say Buggin' their Chicago hardcore band. That's like more traditional style. I don't know. I th- I think Chase said this. Oh, actually, I'm not even gonna say it. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna just keep rolling. You gotcha. MH <laughs> MH Chaos. That's like that's my favorite Chicago band right now. That's out doing stuff. Um, Sefter, they're members of MH Chaos. Obviously, Harm's Way. That's like the biggest band out of Chicago right now. Um, who else? Off the top of my head, that's like the main ones. Okay, so so I, have like, I think I'm familiar with with all of them. Didn't didn't Buggin' Out just have to change their name or something to Buggin'? Yeah, it, okay. was, it was Buggin' Out before. Then they got like some other Buggin' Out band who started bugging on them. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, MH Chaos, who were great. You got, I think you got dude from uh, from that band on this record. Um, which yeah. I wanted to ask you, is he the only guest on here? Is it just, or is that, is that it? Yeah, it's just him. He's on uh, Guilty. Okay, that's what I thought. And then, uh, and then you mentioned Harm's Way. And for some reason, I always forget Harm's Way, and I don't know why. Because, you know, I can even picture them with their Bulls logo and everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, like, so, so and, and I like to ask this question for a lot of regional people. Um, so, like, historically, Chicago Hardcore, who were, like, the, the three... Like if you had to come up with a little hierarchy of Chicago hardcore, past, present, future, who who are the Chicago hardcore bands? Number one at the top of the hill, the Killer. That's the best band. That's what everybody ever. says. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 number one. <laughs> if anybody tells you that, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I can respect it, but I don't know. The Killer's just that's it right there. <laughs> um, I, I feel like you gotta say Harm's Way because how much they've done, and yeah. I, I love that band too. And then a personal favorite of mine is Bitter Thoughts. Uh, it's also members' favorite. It's like three fifths of MH Chaos, their old band. Okay, I don't think I know them. I'm definitely familiar with all the rest, but I don't think I know those guys. I'll check them out. They do. Um, so, so when you when you you say you're like 20 miles outside of outside of Chicago, was that where you were growing up before you got into this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you started getting into it, were you were you going to to the city for shows? So the hard part was is back when I was coming up, a lot of the shows in the city were either 17 or 21 and up. So it was all age restricted shows, so like the bigger hardcore shows when I was coming up. So like any major tour who came through Chicago, I couldn't go unless it was like one of the mixed bill tours because they, they would hit the suburbs and all the like, the actual hardcore tours would hit the, the city. Okay, so, that makes sense. So so like you said, that's how you, that's how you came across Terror. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, okay, so I, I, I'm jumping all over the place here, and I apologize. I keep losing track of my questions. Um, I know that's a little annoying, but uh, so, so, so we, we, you went to uh, you went to, to Andy, and you recorded this, and uh, and 
then you were sitting on it, but you decided to release it. Was there any, or you do with Flash, but was there any reservations about releasing a record this year with all the shit that's going on? That was like one of the initial things that me and Ricky talked about that like we didn't know how, because we started talking in like maybe May, June. So like nobody knew how long it was going to last. Still nobody long ago. Not so long then we could have we thought maybe it'll be good by winter and nobody really knew so <laughs> it, it was kind of hard to decide but we just was like you know what if we push it hard enough we can make it work and i feel like it's gonna work i'm excited about it i think it will too and i think it's a good idea to release music and i keep having this conversation but I, and i keep i keep if people who listen to this regularly will hear me say the same shit over and over is that the people who <laughs> the people who want the people who you want to play those shows for that you can't tour for got nothing to do too. You know what I mean? So we're just sitting exactly. here listening to music and at least it, it the, the, I mean the most, uh, po- the most, uh, optimistic thing could be that we're all going to learn your songs. So when you come play the whole crowd's ready to go, you know, it's got, it's got studying time, but you know, it could be, or it could be another year from now and you got to put out another fucking record to get interest again, but you know, we'll see. We don't yeah, know how exactly. it's going to go. So, um, so were there any were, were there any kind of um, actual delays with manufacturing records for, yeah, for the, this one? The the vinyl plant was like way backed up because originally I want to say we were talking September maybe I I I don't know everything my memory's gone after this year <laughs> everything seems like <laughs> I don't even remember what happened last week at this point but I feel like we were originally talking about September and then the vinyl plant came back I was like yeah that's not happening <laughs> yeah yeah. But fuck it, you're still, you're still going to get it in for this year. That's that's good enough, right? Um, yeah, exactly. And, and and I hear you with the the timeline. I, and and just so in case you forgot, last week was the week long election that we uh, yeah, we true. somehow <laughs> we somehow made it through. Which, by the way, I thank got God. The, I, yeah, thank God, and, and I guess it went the right, right way, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I was I, I was uh, Saturday. When, when they decide that I was driving myself to the emergency room for some bullshit. And I was like, of course, this is how this goes. You know, like, I like it's over. Like, and now I'm going into the hospital to sit, you know, here for hours. Fucking stupid. Dude, this, I know like, you know, it's just a calendar and 2020 doesn't mean shit. And when it turns 2021, it doesn't mean anything either, but fuck, yeah. it's just been weird, dude. It's been, uh, it's been bizarre. It really has been. <laughs> nothing I've ever been through. I f- for sure is. It's nah. a whole different ball game right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But hey, but but at least you got to do a couple cool things this year. All right, and absolutely. And one, of course, is release this record. But but one of the things that I thought was really cool, and uh, that really caught me up to speed with what you guys are doing, is watching your set from uh, LDB Fest. Back in that was just February, all right. That was this year, right? Yeah. And <laughs> and I gotta tell you, so I watched that one, and then I and I, first of all, I also gotta say, I have never in my life watched a full set of a hardcore band on YouTube because I don't have that fucking attention <laughs> span. But I started watching yours, and at first I was like, okay, well, I just need to know, you know, what's happening here. But by the end of it, more people were into your set at the end of your set than the beginning of your set, which is all uh, extremely hard thing to do with hardcore and uh and then i watched you set from the year before 
and not even half the people. What the fuck happened with with karma between 2019 and 2020? That when you played the same fest, same stage, same you know, same crowd, likely that people went off like that. What, what caught fire with you guys? Uh, I'm not even sure. I think I think the video from 2019 LGB kind of blew up a little bit, and that helped because that. They got like there were certain parts of that set that got a good reaction, and then when you, when you post the right part of a set, you can you can yeah. confuse people sometimes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I, I think that's part of what happened. They people saw oh people going out for this band, and it's like a people like this. I'm gonna check it out. So I feel like that's kind of what happened. Plus, we did like mad tours last year. So yeah, you did. And and and, and to go back to something I said before, where where I knew your name, I didn't know your music. That shit can be important, right? Just the fact that, like, all right, maybe I didn't check you guys out, but you're doing enough to just have name recognition at the least. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and that that goes that goes a long way. Um, so this is this most dangerous game is going to be your third EP. Why do a third EP and not just write a whole LP? Uh money is one <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the realistic answer that's a good one that's the best that's one you got though. and like we really wanted to get like some label support before we did an lp just because that's you said it yourself you know our name on flat spot got the eye got you to check it out and i feel like once we had that then we would have the people to actually pay attention for a whole lp because it, if it's a band you don't know you're not gonna listen to a whole lp like that's just unrealistic so that was the way I looked at it. Yeah, and it's uh, that, those are very great points. And as anybody who's ever listened to hardcore for more than a year or two knows, to write a good LP of hardcore is fucking hard. It's really Absolutely. hard. It's <laughs> it's so hard. We are. Maybe, I'm not just going to speak for myself. I will speak for everybody who's ever considered themselves a hardcore kid at any age. We have the worst attention span, and. <laughs> The fact that we can listen to seven inches is amazing, do you, oh, which is painful. Listen to seven inches is painful. How many times do you got to get up and flip those fucking things? But uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but that's but th- that seems to be the preferred uh, thing is to listen to an EP. That's what I want to hear too. I want to hear ten to fifteen minutes, maybe that if that of just of just good shit, and then move on to the next thing, right? And uh, exactly. that's, that seems to be what you guys have have kind of mastered here. And I don't see a reason to do an LP. So just keep doing this. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at it, honestly. Like, it's always like I feel like every band you have like the goal of doing an LP, but if we do EPs forever, I'm not gonna be mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so uh, we'll, we'll just I just we we're just talking about it a minute ago. So we just had this fucking election last week, and now, uh, uh for now, it looks like maybe who knows that Joe, <laughs> that Joe Biden is gonna be. The president does that personally mean much to you it means that to me well, it's i'm just glad trump's gone that's like he was that loser again you just you almost did but i think i got you back you said you're glad trump's gone yeah I'm, you want me to try to go outside maybe yeah i don't want to keep losing you make it annoying to edit. <laughs> nah don't worry about me go ahead all right so I'm glad Trump's gone. It's just like I'm mixed. I'm half black and half white, and just says being a black man in America, it feels a lot better to know that 
the president's not actively <laughs> telling everybody that you're the enemy. Like <laughs> he, he would he would say it in a sly way sometimes, but like it was always there. <laughs> so that that's definitely a good sign. But that's all I can really say for sure for now, because who who really knows at this point? <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's 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 why I wanted to ask. Um, because who the fuck knows? One, who the fuck knows what actually is going to happen here? And two, being uh, being that you are black. I know it, it probably matters more to you. I like I have I'm a you know I'm a fucking white male, a white American male. I'm, I'm as privileged as it gets, right? But I have a but I have a mixed race <laughs> but I have a mixed race daughter, you know. Um like she, I I'm not oblivious to the shit that matters, right? Uh but I also yeah. but I also don't act, I can't act like I totally get it, right? I I'm 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 like I said I'm as privileged as it gets. So so like to me I'm annoyed by the whole thing. I'm 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 with you though. I'm glad I'm glad uh Trump's gone. That that was objective number one, right? But we still got these fucking people in there. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, that that, that caused this yeah. whole mess. But but going 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 off of that and and like what what we're talking about here. For you yourself being a black guy, fronting a hardcore band, singing the things you're singing like in, in songs like Twelve or uh what's what's the other one? Hands of a Depressor, is that right? Yeah, yeah. When when you when you're doing songs like that to a predominantly white male crowd and they're screaming them back in your face. Is there any weirdness about that dynamic? Is there anything, I don't know. I don't know. Educate me on this. Like what's, how do you feel about this? It for sure. Yeah. It's always one thing that to me, like it's kind of hard to tell because at one, like on one hand, I'm hoping they're singing along because they actually agree with what I'm saying. And it's not just heavy music that they like. <laughs> right. But on the other hand, I'm like, you don't really understand what I'm talking about right now. Like it, it's a, it's a, it's a weird situation for sure. Like, I don't know. I, I to me, it's personally something I like, I have to talk about because it's really important to me. So I'm glad people are hearing it and like taking it in enough to know the words. I'm just hoping that they're taking it in past that to understand the word. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's and that's exactly what I want. That's not that I'm not that I'm the fucking one, the one white guy who gets it, you know, like you know what I mean. <laughs> that's not at all what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to say I'm just trying to understand because, um, like you know, oh God, I, I, I won't even utter the sentence, but but I'm going to anyway. You know, I have a lot of <laughs> a lot of black friends in hardcore, particularly sing, particularly singing singing particularly singing for hardcore bands, right? And uh, yeah. and. It's just something I never thought of until I was listening to your songs about the whole point where you're singing these lyrics and they're singing them back at you, and I don't know. And it's just, it's just it's something I wanted to ask you about because I th- feel like that's got to be a there's got to be something there that I don't understand or would never, you know, even consider. So that's all. It's my curiosity, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely a weird dynamic for sure. And I've always felt like when I was writing the songs, I was like, I knew I knew that I, I wanted to put it out. And like I, I wanted to say this and make sure it's out there in the world. But I'm like, dang! <laughs> if I'm seeing this little white kid from like Arizona singing that back to me, <laughs> like, I don't know if he's really understand what I'm saying. <laughs> no, probably not. But you know, you're better off putting it out there than not. You know, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so for you and. Uh, you, your personal taste in hardcore, which you, you mentioned, like you know, Terror is the one that got you into it, but like, like really into it. But right now, where you're at, 23 years old, um, putting out, putting out quality hardcore yourself, doing 
doing tours, playing fests. What are like the what is the what is the, the what is the band that's out there for you right now? Who's who's out there like top of the heap in your opinion? Current bands or just like bands that I love? Whatever bands you love, current doesn't matter. I'm just curious. I'm, this is just for me. I'm gonna answer both then. Uh, current bands, my favorite are like Life's Question. That's the homies, and it's just that those two records they put out is crazy. Um, Hangman, I love. That Painted Truth demo that just came out, it's like my favorite hardcore thing that came out this year. Um, I love like the newer hardcore style, so all that stuff. It makes chaos because they have heavy influence from over there, like that, like the heavier New York style. Um, who else? I really like that Drain record that just came out. That's another good one. Yeah. But yeah. bands like, uh, just from bands like overall, though, like my favorite bands are like mostly New York hardcore bands. So that's just like what's caught my attention most. Like, like the mad balls, the killing times, but like mostly for me, like a lot of like a lot of the heavier sides of like neglect, Billy Club Sandwich, uh, who else? Terror Rev, everybody gets hurt. Like all that that's like when I'm putting on hardcore, I'm just driving, that's what I'm gonna put on like first. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the, the, the all all I right, you you made me feel good because I, I know everything you said there. <laughs> so, so so i don't feel too bad um i had josh from life's questions on a, a, a while ago this was this year but a while ago and i do and i i love those two records they, they did as well um also by the way i see him in every fucking video you guys seem to do actually i see him in every picture my friends post and every where the fuck how does this guy everywhere i look i don't understand i don't understand how this guy is everywhere that i'm looking lately but he's he's i saw him pictures of baltimore i saw him pictures of philly i look into your videos he's in there i don't understand but that's fine um <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the, but, the, boy, man. but the, those those records are really cool. Um, MH Chaos, they did that split with I think in, Invoke, which I, th- yeah, I thought yeah, was yeah. pretty awesome. Uh, who else did you say there? The you, you mentioned somebody that I'm thinking that was oh the pain of pain of truth, pain of truth. Uh, that was a cool one. I saw a lot of people talking that one up, and then and then it seemed like a band that came out of nowhere. Uh, the, the, they're cool. Um, and then as like when you when you mentioned those uh like those IDS bands like everybody gets hurt yeah and, and Billy Club Sandwich and that you know that that's the cool that's almost like the uh, I think some people consider that like the second tier of New York hardcore but it's a fucking pretty good tier yeah for sure <laughs> it's that's some of my favorite stuff man. No, that's awesome. Um, and 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 you guys you guys fall right in line with that that type of hardcore and that's why i wanted to ask that because i can i can hear and and even see the influence especially in 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 stage presence in uh the energy you guys are high energy band uh watching play and and i know this is only oh, yeah. for me only oh. for me watching fucking youtube but uh trust me that shit matters um especially now at my age if i'm going to a yeah. hardcore show i don't want to see some dumb fucks up there just you know back to the crowd singing at the drummer you know so i like what y'all <laughs> doing Oh yeah, I appreciate that. All right, so this record comes out November what twentieth? Twentieth, yeah, twentieth, yeah, November twentieth on Flat Records. It's called Most yep. Dangerous Game. You can't do shit. All you can do is this. So, what are you looking forward to with the release of this record? Is it finally just getting your hand? Is it having people hear it? What's What's the most exciting thing to you about the release of Most Dangerous Game? Number one is getting the vinyl in my hands. We have never done vinyl before. And this is going to be a dope feeling. It's actually coming in 
two days from when we're recording this. Like oh, it's coming awesome. to my house. Cool. I'm excited to finally that's get cool. it. I've been there, man. That's a cool. It's a cool thing. I, I got you know the the records I did. I have <laughs> years ago on my wall. You know what I mean? Like it's just a cool thing. That's so my it's, plan. A, it's a very cool thing to have. Yeah. And then just like people hearing these songs, we've like. I mentioned that I write everything for Karma before, but like when I write these songs, like we were, I said we recorded them in January, but they've been written for like <laughs> probably a year before that. And yeah. it's been rewritten multiple times like over over and over and over after that. So if we were to finally hear the song, that's like number like record vinyl in my hand is one A and people hearing it is one B. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those are the, both, both the best answers you can do right now. Um, and you know, I appreciate, I appreciate what the, the both those answers, but especially number one, because to me that like it's it sounds selfish and stupid, but it's but it really is like exciting to have a physical product of of your output of your creative output. Yeah, that's that's, that's exactly a, that's a very cool thing, and I think more people should uh, just be honest and cherish that shit. That's that's very cool. Yeah, for sure. You write music for yourself more than anybody else. I feel like you should at least. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, you you when you put you you know you mentioned like you know you write these songs and you're not sure how people other people are going to take them, but that's not. And I know you know they say you want you want a good reaction, whatever. But the but like you said, priority number one should be yourself, and especially with something I know is corny to call it this, but the whole thing's a form of art anyway, right? And it's yeah, uh, it's, sure. it's a self expression, so. So what you put down and put out there is for you. That's 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 objective number one. So I'm I'm glad you feel Absolutely. that way. All right, Jordan. Hey, yeah. thank you for having this conversation. Uh, it took up 45 Absolutely, minutes man. of your time, and I, I I was a little all over the place, but I think we did all right. Oh yeah, appreciate you having me on, man. Was, I love like just talking. I like talking, so <laughs> I appreciate it. No problem, man. Hey, uh, I'm looking forward to other people hearing this because I think this one's going to go over well. And uh, and uh, that's about it, dude. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Appreciate you, man. All right. Later, brother. Peace out.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Jordan of Karma. Go check out Most Dangerous Game. It's out now on Flat Spot Records. Uh, you can check it out on Spotify or wherever else you listen to music. The track you just heard there was called Guilty by Association. It's one of the few bangers on that bad boy. So uh, check it out. Um, and look into other bands that he brought up on, on this episode. Check out Life's Question. Check out Harm's Way. Check out The Killer, even though we talked about him a couple times. Uh, who else did he say? Bitter Thoughts. Uh, you know, the, the, there's, uh, I, I'm, I think I'm up on, uh, what, what's good and, and new and hardcore, but sometimes, uh, I gotta ask somebody because I realize, um, I'm fucking out of touch and, uh, you might be too. So, uh, think about that. Uh, check out what's coming out on Flat Spot Records because they usually got their pulse on, uh, what's new and, uh, worthy in hardcore as well. And by the way, I think that's really important. Everybody always wants to prop up the old bands and uh, say how it was done and how the shit they used to like and the stuff that is classic. But fuck it, man. Come on. Let's get some refreshing new stuff. And it's really cool when we can actually give new bands the time of day to, to, to make an impression on us. Because uh, maybe some of these records that came out in the last five years are going to go down as absolute classics. But you know, they won't unless you uh, actually give them a chance. So anyway, look, all I'm saying is give give all, you know, music new and old a chance to, to make an impression on you. Don't just write it off because it wasn't from fucking 1987. Anyway, I hate that shit. Um, so that is going to be it for this week. Um, keep, a, keep an eye on socials for what's coming next with gettingitout.net. Uh, please go to at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast on Instagram. Follow that facebook.com slash getting it getting it out podcast. And there's Twitter at getting it out pod. The, the fucking phone number got discontinued. Google said I couldn't use it anymore because I wasn't using it at all, which is fine because uh, I couldn't tell you the last time I looked at it. So if you were leaving voicemails for me on there, well, I apple guys because I didn't look and I don't know about it, um, but uh, it's gone. So let's wrap this thing up. Earlier in the episode, I mentioned that I was going to play a song from another band that sent in their music. These guys are called Dirt Royal. They're from Brighton, UK, and the song is called Lose Our Way. A pretty cool, catchy rock and roll song, and I think it's worth your time. So I hope you spend the last few minutes of this episode actually listening to something a little bit different than what I might usually play on Getting It Out podcast. Been a lot of hardcore up until now, but now we're just going to go with a little rock and roll, maybe a little punk rock in there, but you you get the deal. You'll hear it here. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and have a happy Thanksgiving, even though it was yesterday. That's all. Bye-bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.